welcome to Hindsight. I'm Rashani. As usual, I'm joined by my beloved right-hand man, Brandon. And today we're also joined by Brandon's cousin, my homeboy, the eternal ray of sunshine himself, Devin. Uh, Devin is from the Why So Serious podcast. He's also, uh, you can find him also on Cloud9. That is very true. That is very true. Yeah, he's, he's always there. It seems just effervescent and just easily effervescent. Um, Devin, how are you doing today, man? I'm amazing. Uh, I just started therapy, so I'm even better um, because, yeah, it's hard being black. And I didn't realize that until, like, you know, white people want to tell me, hey, how do you feel when you're on the aircraft and you're the only black person? Oh, my. Uh, I didn't know you brought this, this, this hate to my job now. Are you going to vote for Trump? The, like, there's a lot of things that people say, and I didn't. I just took them in and was, like, moving with the punches. And I realized um, people really try to bait you at work. You know, I, I love my job. Uh, so I was like, for my mental health, I'm going to get a therapist. And I did. And, like, my copay is $5 after the first five visits are free. So use your good medical benefits if you have them, folks. Do it. But, yeah, life is good, man. Um, been at my parents' house for, like, the last two weeks. Um, and that's been amazing. Uh, just chilling in my bedroom, you know, uh, because my, uh, my company gave me some hush money because somebody I flew with, uh, had the COVID and they didn't tell me until five days later. So they're oh. paying me hush money. Yeah. They're paying me hush money to quarantine. So yeah. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> it's been a good, it's been a good two, two weeks. Yeah. So yeah. You need, to tell your, you need to tell your parents to like do the um to do the Frank Costanza. Remember when George moved out and Frank <laughs> put a, a pool table in George's room and they everybody to come over there and play pool? They need to do that to your room. Yo, I'm actually about to buy my parents' house uh next year and then uh or I'm I'm gonna buy a ranch here in Virginia and then my parents are gonna switch houses with me. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. So uh, I'm gonna Look knock the wall down. Um, and have two bedroom uh, townhouse. Yeah, pretty cool. But yeah, that's all. What's going <laughs> on with you, Rosani? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I miss my therapist. Like, she literally told me um, we got to cancel one week, and then she dipped and never came back. And what? I'm like, yo, I want to call her, but at the same time, I don't want her to be like, in all honesty, I just ghosted you and you found me. So I mean. <laughs> Oh, no. I don't even call her back. I have a black male therapist. His name is Jamar and everything. I have a um, black woman and she's awesome. But I don't feel like contacting her again and getting, yeah, you know. Um, so uh, today uh, we are talking the Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence uh, 1999 smash hit life. Um, as you heard from the uh, air quotes that I actually put into my voice, not too sure if it was a smash hit. Um, when you know, when I first saw it, I thought very much the same that I thought now. But Devin, when you first saw life, uh, what were your thoughts, man? Uh, the first time seeing it, I was like, uh, um, I don't know who wanted to see this movie, but I mean, it's Martin Lawrence and then it's Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy is always going to be my guy, my number one 
so I always support anything he does, and he's fucking hilarious in this. But other than um, it being, yeah, what it was, I I I saw it. It was some funny parts in it. Uh, I didn't know why everybody loved Bernie Mac so much in it because they like we'd be at school and everybody jangle like jangle like. I know why it was so fucking hilarious at the time. Um, still don't know why it's hilarious, but Bernie Mac's everything, so I get it. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I just wasn't, I'm not really here for like slavery type shit and, um, you know, Jim Crow South shit, but I mean, yeah, it is what it is. I see that. Brandon, when you first saw, what were your thoughts? I remember thinking that why isn't Martin Lawrence that funny in this film? Um, like watching Martin, because I remember like Blue Streak being like one of my favorite Martin movies that came out around this time. And, the, you know, obviously his show, Martin, and he was funny on Boomerang. And then I watched this film and I was just like, yeah, the only person to me that was funny in this film was Eddie Murphy. And he was funny. Like I kept laughing at him the whole film. But everything else, I, did, I just kind of found it. This film was very interesting, and I feel the same way now that I felt then in this matter, that I found the film to have, like, a cohesive story, which you don't often find in, like, these types of films during this time. A lot of, like, a lot of the films we've been reviewing, the story is just, you know, they've been funny and good, but the story has been, like, just there. This one, like, the story makes sense, but I just found it to be kind of boring. Like, I'm just sitting there watching it, and I'm just like... All right, all right, all right. Because it was more like a comedy drama than like a strict comedy because they were trying to tell a story in it so it wasn't just nonstop funny. But I still enjoyed the film. Then and I enjoyed it now. So when I was 19, life came out. And it wasn't like when... Uh, Harlem Nights came out or when Boomerang came out and I was like 11 and 12 and just laughed at anything. I would laugh at a fart joke if it was there in a movie. Like, I didn't fucking care. I was just happy to be in a movie theater eating popcorn. Um, I even laughed at The Golden Child and that movie is horrid. Um, <laughs> Eddie, may, Eddie Murphy only makes gold. Eddie only makes gold. You know it. Vampire no. booklet. No, you can't even get past that one line. Like, no, like, no, I'm not even going to have to get into the show. By the way, for those that are listening to us uh, during Eddie Murphy month, you'll notice that Vampire in Brooklyn is not during this month because Rashani forbid it from being in this month and it has been moved to bad movie month because, according to him, it's one of the worst movies ever made. I, I don't know how he sees that. I don't Just know. Just so y'all know why we're not doing Vampire in Brooklyn. If you watch with your eyes open, Devin, you'll see it just fine. Um, <laughs> Eddie Murphy, Mike. So, I wasn't a kid when I saw it. I mean, I was a kid, but I wasn't a little kid. I had been around the block a few times. And almost immediately watching this movie, two things struck me. One, Martin Lawrence was a smarmy, nasty, evil, mean, selfish, vapid piece of shit. And I mean, in every situation he was in, he was just so unlikable. Like there was never a point in this movie, like never one single scene where I liked Martin Lawrence in this movie. I can tell you all that straight out. There is not a single fucking scene 
in this movie where I was like, you know what, Martin's likable right there. Like I should <laughs> like Martin right there. Like Martin is my dude right there. That never happened. And I can tell you right now that literally 21 years later, it's still the same thing. It's still fuck Claude Banks on mine. Oh, oh, oh. I, I thought that uh, I liked I thought that I liked every banks. Hillary Banks, Carlton Banks, Philip Banks, Banks of America, Bank of the West, Vivian <laughs> Banks, the little one who turned into one. fucking buckwheat on 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 little rascals. Nikki. Fuck Claude Nikki. Banks. Fuck him. Nikki. The nigga didn't do shit for nobody but himself while whining about how he got in this situation. Bitch, you could have been dead. You're right, though, right? That's true. That's true. But had my man Ray listened to him, they would have been on their way back to New York City. Had, and he had Ray listened. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Let's let's have that talk. Had Ray listened to him, they would have what? They would have drove back that to night. New York City? Oh, New York City. You, do you mean before or after Claude fucking cheated on his girlfriend with some random woman in a bar? That's before. Oh, no, no, no. That's, That's before. before. He That's didn't want to go to that bar. He, he wanted to go yeah. back to New York right after getting the, the alcohol. He didn't want too hard. I mean, you're not going to leave me. And, and, and also, Ray gave him the, tw the $2 know. a hole for gas. He, he was like, I know I'm he a gamble. Did. Here's a $2 for gas. Hold on to this. And Claude turns around and spends it on a sex worker. I mean, plus the drink. And then blames the Ray drinks. for it. I mean, had I not been tempted by her lady parts, I mean, because I would have never came to this bar if we had just left like I wanted to do. Nah. Because nah. I don't want to buy, what, what I don't want to do in, in the deep south is watch a car all night because apparently white men just travel in, in packs and gangs um, with guns. That's what I saw. Nah, let's do this. The synopsis is bullshit. In 1932, <laughs> two strangers are wrongfully convicted and develop a strong friendship in prison that lasts them through a 20th century. Let me tell you what a friendship is. A friendship is two people who, while they may have strife every once in a while, they are honestly in, they like each other. They may even have a familiar love of each other. They walk with each other. They respect each other. And they grow with one another. These two niggas didn't like each other from Jump Street because Claude was a bougie bitch. I mean. He was a bank teller. He was a bank, a bank teller. teller. I'm going to become a bank, a bank teller. teller on Monday. Well, look, nigga. Look, punk fuck. <laughs> You you supposed to be a bank school. teller. You supposed to be a bank teller on Monday. You all bougie, and yet you right there with Cla with the uh, with with Ray, Ray getting hemmed up by the mob. What the fuck did you do? We know what Ray did. He owed him money. What what did you do? You stole my wallet. That nigga stole no, my wallet. No, I can't pay no, no. He didn't take him in because he couldn't pay. He didn't take him in because he couldn't pay. That wasn't the reason. Yeah, they took the fifty. They said you owe me fifty dollars. That says Claude. What he owed fifty dollars for? Cause he wasn't as good as he said he was. That's true though. I I agree. I, there, cause there's that. We never got no answer, but I, we did have that. And um, he just told his girlfriend that we're supposed to assume that they've been together for a long time. That instead of getting an engagement ring, he's gonna buy season tickets to see the all white Yankees. The motherfucker is a piece of shit. I mean, you're not look. There, With corn there's in it, all evidence. <laughs> you know, you know that corn don't deteriorate. It don't go nowhere. So uh, yeah, corn's not a real. 
fruit anymore. That I mean, nigga is anymore. a piece of trash. Real talk. What he does from the gate, his girl is like, yo, I want to get engaged. I want to be married to you. I want to spend my life with you. And he's like, baby, it's not like that. That's a Nalathan, too. That's crazy. That's I a Nalathan. That part, I mean, if you were to take that in a vacuum, that's okay. But with but I'm all not the other, in a vacuum. I'm yeah, taking with a all the other, bag. Yeah, with all the other pieces of shit, the things that Claude did, you can tell that that was a piece of so, shit. So, so, look, look, let's go ahead and play this scene real quick. Let's go ahead and do this and play this scene, and then we'll talk. Hold on one second, because I actually want y'all to be able to see what the fuck is happening on this scene. So, oh, no, I know uh, it. I know, I know, know y'all know, but still, I want y'all to be able to see what's happening on this scene. So then there's no fucking excuse about how Claude is a piece of goat shit. Hold on one second. All right. Look at this motherfucker. Everybody didn't stop talking <laughs> and Claude is sniffing the air in an all-white town, in an all-white restaurant, and Ray's looking at him like, nigga, you know we in danger, right? Claude got this smarmy, smug look on his fucking face. I would have punched him and strung him up myself. Fuck Claude. Let's go. Yeah, I smell something. Smells good, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I think maybe we should go to another place, huh? I'll be honest, ain't really very. Are you kidding? Tell me you don't want one of these pies right here, right, right over here. Pies look good, Claude, but I kind of lost, lost my appetite when I came in here. My appetite just left. You, you good afternoon, hungry? Billy. Uh, we like some coffee and a couple of slices of pie. How do you know my name is Billy? Well, it says it right there on your shirt. If you boys can read so good, how come you missed that sign on the door over there? Oh, that sign on the door that we just, how come we didn't see that sign and say no colors allowed, Chloe? We just rushed in. We was really hungry, so we kind of missed that. But we see it. Let's stop right there real quick, because that's how I do. The white woman just pointed out that there's, that there's a whites-only sign on the door. The white woman yeah. done called them boys, so they know what time it is. The white woman is in Mississippi, so they should know part two, what time it is. Let's go ahead and Ray knows what time it is. Let's hear what punk-ass Claude has to say. Yeah, now, so bye. Look, Come man, on, man. we've been traveling all day. Yeah, let's go. All we want is some coffee and a couple of slices of pie. Is that all right? No, these are whites-only pies. But do you have any Negro pies? Nigga, please. Hey, uh, Claude, come on now. This woman ain't got the recipe to no Negro pie. How would she get that recipe? Another establishment, we can get us some, some pie or something. Come on, how far to the next 35 town? 35 miles. Yeah, come on, let's go down here. I'm not driving no 35 miles to, to get no pie, lady, ma'am. Okay, now we, we want some pie, okay? okay? We are hungry, okay? We want, Billy, we want some pie. Let me take care of this. Why, why somebody got the die? Because you want some pie. Let me take care of it. Look here, um, look. We from New York. My name is Ray Gibson, okay? Let's let's talk turkey. Um, how much it gonna cost to turn one of them white only pies into nigger pie? How about I turn y'all into nigger pie? So you say about 35. 35 miles. Okay, we find, yeah, maybe we find another establishment down the road, you know, where you know we won't have a problem. Yeah, I ain't no uh, white folks so uh, serious about pie down here. So that <laughs> motherfucker right there, that motherfucker. Nigga, I don't give a fuck where you from. Let, let me let me pose this question to you. Do you think 
Claude knows the good whites. I think that because Claude thinks, I think that because Claude got that job as a bank teller, he thinks that he's in with the good whites. Okay. No, because I, because I, I literally like, I'm like, yeah, like it was in that time. Soon as you saw, we don't serve coloreds. Let's let's go ahead and go. Cause... As soon as the music fucking stopped and everybody stopped talking. Like it's time to go. And yeah. and here's the thing I had a problem with about this scene. There's literally no way you can tell me that even being insulated in New York, you don't know what the fuck's going on in the South. There's no the way th you can yeah. tell me that you don't experience racism in New York. You're trying to yeah. act like there's no racism up north. So why are yeah. you acting like as soon as you go south, you're just completely naive to it? How the fuck did you get this job as a bank teller anyway? Like, like mm -hmm. white folks going to trust you with their money. Seriously? Mm -hmm. it's, it's a little bit different racism in New York. At it's subtle. It's, it's not like I walk in the restaurant and, and niggas about to pull pistols on me. But it's Every still like, but, it, the restaurant. but it's still, there's still people in New York who I know call him a nigga. I know of he course. knows that there's a different standard or a different standing as far as white folks feel with whites and blacks. So I know he sees it. So there's no way you are going to wait until you get to a restaurant in fucking Mississippi. <laughs> I think that it's the, the Confederate movie... flag is on the, on the flagpole outside the fucking restaurant. What the fuck is wrong with you? I think the movie wants us to believe that Claude is the good person. I think the movie, he, they can't do that. The nigga just cheated on his, or no, he hasn't just cheated on his girl. They can't make him seem like he's a good person and then do everything in their power going forward to make him flawed as fuck. Because right after this, they go, they get the hooch, they leave. Claude wants to go home. He's crying like a punk. Ray's like, nah, nigga, I'm going down there to the underground to get me some fun. He goes to gamble. Uh, Claude goes in there and gets taken by a, a sex worker. I mean, she looked good. She looked good, but dude, you got a girlfriend. Be true. Nigga, you literally <laughs> just left her. Nigga, it ain't like you've been gone for like three weeks. You literally been gone for like a day or two. Nigga, be true. true for like two days. What the fuck? Like see, you just got out of her, you just left her sight and you're cheating. But see, they want see, us to think missing, he's a good person. You're missing the point. The show wants you to believe that Claude is not that into the girl. The show wants the movie wants you to believe that the girl is the, the movie wants you to believe that the woman is pressed on hard on times, him, yeah. That's pressed on him marrying her, and he don't really feel her like that. He just there having a good time. Well, which is why they had that scene with him saying, like, yeah, I'm not really I'm I'm not ready for that. Why I gotta be all that? And so they're trying to set it up so that when he goes away, that he's just like, yeah, like I wasn't really feeling her. I'm trying to be single, have a good time. But but at the same really, time, but at the same time, when he goes away, and, and let's just go ahead and let's let's uh go ahead and fill this in real quick. They get accused of murdering a black man that was actually murdered by the white sheriff. The white sheriff sees an opportunity to frame them for his murder. They frame him. He go, they go to court in front of an all-white jury. Boom. They go to jail for life. Claude, once he goes to jail, then all of a sudden wants his girlfriend from up north to come all the way down to Mississippi <laughs> to give him a conjugal visit. The same girl that he's acting like he doesn't care about, he gets locked. You know what? Claude is every nigga in jail that you see in every single yes. movie. Yes. And there you go. Yes. You got, hey, you got a yes. template. You got a template. Yes. You just throw some 1930s on it, boom, we got it. That's so, 
Claude is, uh, and, and y'all gonna see that this whole thing in my perspective is focused pretty much Claude-based uh, because oh. everything <laughs> that happens in this movie is because of Claude. So Claude and, and, and Ray go to jail. Ray is a, is a fast-talking grifter. Like, he'll pick your pocket the whole nine yards. He picks Claude's pocket when they first see each other, uh, takes his wallet, wallet is fucking empty because before Claude even gets, before Ray even gets in the bathroom to take his money, Claude's getting hemmed up by the fucking uh, mob because he's a fucking book. He's a gambler. He owns the bookies. That's what I'm thinking happened because they never, like you said, they never really implied, but I think that he was betting on the Yankees and the bookies came to collect on his ass and were like, we'll break you down if you can't pay us. So when he when he came out, they were like, "Yo, we taking Ray anyway. Let's take this nigga too." They were literally going to kill Claude, which means Claude owed a lot more than fifty bucks. Or, no, ten bucks, more than ten bucks. Yeah, more yeah. than ten bucks. Or yeah. this ain't the first time that this shit has happened with Claude. So it was Claude, fifty dollars. They say so, we owe me fifty dollars. You got twenty two dollars right here. So he owed another. Ain't nobody murdering somebody over twenty two bucks. He'll take his kneecaps out. Uh, $23 in 1934? That's probably... A lot of money. A lot of money. It ain't murdering money, though. Ah, it's the mob. You know, people don't really care about dead people back then like that. We don't have this whole legal structure that we have now. So, uh... <laughs> it's, yeah, I think like, 23 was hammered to the hand money. Like, put your I hand underneath know. this tire. I don't know. I think that's like I feel like like five hundred dollars. Twenty three dollars in nineteen thirty two is four hundred and forty dollars. Yeah, ain't I told you. I felt like that. What's it ain't murder mean? money though. Murder to the money. Mob? Like, oh, to the you, mob. That's wow. murder money. That's murder money. That's murder money. A thou or more. Rashani, what are you talking how about? How much? Bro? How much money would someone kill someone in nineteen nineties uh, South Central LA for? Nigga, we killed each other for stepping on shoes, but that's different. Boom. She's thinking it was Again. worse or better in 1932. <laughs> <laughs> That's different. Um, you throw that nigga in the bottom of that, that fucking rat infested pool. No, who the fuck's looking for him? So, Who's looking for him? So Claude's punk ass gets tied up and dunked. I mean, Ray's talking to the dude. Claude is getting beat up. Ray's like, yo, I need somebody to drive with me down to Mississippi. Because and I don't trust your boys. I don't trust your boys <laughs> to not kill me once I pick up this hooch. Pull that uh square ass nigga up and he can come with me. Boom. They pull him up. Ray saved his life. Claude got a funky ass attitude the entire way down to Mississippi. Ray's like, bitch, I saved your life. Claude is like, I wouldn't have been in the situation if you hadn't stole my wallet. Yes, the fuck you would have. You evil and sipping motherfucker, because you owed money, and besides, you're a piece of shit. So they they are gambling. Uh, uh, Walter is that his name? Um, no, Johnny Hancock. John Hancock. Uh, no, uh, like you right? You talking about the dude Winston? Right Winston Hancock. Winston Hancock. Winston yeah. is gambling with Ray, and him and the waitress take Ray for his money. They pull the jokes on him because Ray's over there talking shit about how they all country bumpkins and farmers. And so he gets taken for his money and his daddy's watch. He tells Claude, before he goes to gamble, here's the $2, watch my back. I don't know these niggas like that. 
again, Claude goes upstairs with this girl and gives her the $2 for a good time. And so when the dude, when uh, Winston leaves with Ray's watch, Claude's not there to stop him. That's yeah. why this is all Claude's fault. If Claude right. had been there, Claude would have stopped him. Ray could have gotten his watch back. Boom. Problem solved. You, you're not right. I see it. I see. No, I'm starting to see the light. You Claude think Claude Claude gonna, hold on. You think Claude going to do something physical? Hey, but no, maybe not. Somebody. He would have slowed him down. He would have called him cheating. He would have got everybody for cheating. Everybody would have known that my yeah. man Winston Hancock was a cheater. And we got we to gotta run that shit back. I need my money back. Claude would have said so, something. He would, yo, he might not have stopped Winston, but he would have stopped the waitress. He ain't scared to hit a woman, apparently. He ain't oh, scared to oh, run up shit. on a woman. He, he a cowardly motherfucker. So he wouldn't have, he may not have stood. Winston was old. He would have tried to run up on Winston. But he would have slowed him down long enough for Ray to catch him. And then they wouldn't have gone looking for Ray's watch. They wouldn't have found him dead. He wouldn't have dug through his pockets and been there when the white dude pulled up. This is all Cloud's fault. So again, they go to jail. Oh no, 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 no! I'm not gonna let you get away with this. I'm not gonna let you get away with this. No one told me. No one told Ray to put his daddy's watch to give all his money away and put his daddy's watch. You up here chastising Claude for spending two dollars. Ray spent at least twenty dollars in that gambling. Do you know what a full house is? If he hadn't cheated, he would have won the hand. So you're playing on the luck, though. So what? He at least, never all that at, least anyway. it's, at least it's my luck. I don't have other luck at home, and I'm messing with somebody else's when luck. I go, when I go to the casino, you know what I do? I take out some money, and I say, I'm spending this money, and once this money's gone, that's it. So guess what? If he would have won the hand without the watch, he still would have got a bunch of money. He didn't need to put that yeah. watch. He put the watch in there. He got He got cheated out of the damn watch. And then he wanted to. Then he wanted to blame Claude. No, no. By the way, Winston was bold enough to slice a white sheriff in the face with a knife. Yeah. What the yeah. fuck you think Claude gonna do to him? But get his ass. He had a, he had a sword cane. He had a sword cane, y'all. A sword cane. would have definitely been dead fucking around with Winston. Yo, shout out to Winston who, uh, when the when the sheriff was like, "Yo, didn't we tell you to get out of town?" <laughs> Winston was like, I tried, but your wife begged me to stay. Like, yo, that's how you talk to white people you don't like. If I'm going to die, I wouldn't I'm be going out clowning. Shit. I'm not dying to no white people in Mississippi, boy. Oh, boy. So they go to jail, accused of a, of a uh, murder that they didn't commit. Ray and Claude are in there together. The... Um, they they show the bus pulling up, you know, the whole see the the roads and, and valleys of Mississippi. And um they pull up to um the jail where they meet the the the, the chief. We ain't got no fences here at Cafe. We don't need no fences. We got us the gun line. Tell them about the gun line, boss. This is the gun line. It runs from shack to shack, clear around the yard. You are now inside the gun line. You step outside the gun line without my permission, you will be shot. You trip and fall over the gun line, you will be shot. You spit, you pee, you so much as stick your Johnson out over the gun line, you will be shot. 
And you, Slick. Don't try to run, don't try to escape. One of my trustees will put a bullet in your head. You prisoners are now the property of the state of Mississippi, which used to say, I own your ass. <laughs> and in case you haven't met this handsome young fella, this is Hoppin' Bob. You run afoul of Bob, you run afoul of me. So, so is Hoppin' Bob a prisoner? I think he's a trustee, though. He is a prisoner, but I think okay. he's like his right hand. Like, he's extremely well-trusted. Uh, so Hoppin' Bob knows not to run, and Hoppin' Bob is willing to shoot a motherfucker. Hoppin' Bob ain't a sellout, but he's close. I want to be a like, hype man like Hoppin' Bob. Like, that's my, like, if Brandon ever makes it big, I just want to be Hoppin' Bob to Brandon's sheriff. That's what I mean, or, or, or uh, sergeant. That's what I want to be, Brandon. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to repeat everything you say. Yes, boss. You know, that's, that's what I want. I want that for you. Did you notice how all the white people in the South were stupid in this film? Oh, they yes. were all stupid. Billy. Billy didn't know how he knew his name when it was on his damn shirt. The white lady was surprised they could read. The sheriff, that the warden oh, sheriff. I mean, dude. I mean, the the part about them being able to read ain't surprising because well, later on you find out that nobody in that fucking jail could read. It's Mississippi. The the white sheriff dude couldn't even remember his own lines to the to the people that Hoppin' Bob had to always remind yeah. him. Always had to remind him what to say and what he was talking about because he couldn't remember what the fuck he only he had to say. The whole every white person except the one good white. At the quote unquote good whites at the end was stupid. He was the only smart one. So, speaking of uh, people who are smart but really are stupid, Claude. Claude. Oh, say, here we go. Here we go. Like I said, Claude <laughs> immediately schedules a uh, a conjugal with his girl after after they meet everybody. They meet everybody after they go out and for the first time they're out there. Digging and hoeing in, in dirt. I don't know what inmates do. I don't go to jail. That ain't my fucking job. And I didn't know what they did back in the 30s either. But apparently they were just digging ditches. That's what they were doing. They were digging ditches. And um, they meet all the people, uh, including uh, Goldmouth, who uh, asked him about his cone bread. You going to finish your cone bread? Which is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Um, after... Uh, Ray and Claude work together to literally lie to everybody about what they've done to get them in prison. Um, That's instant friendship right there. No, it's not. Because right after that, I'm glad you said that, though. I'm glad you said that, though. Because right after that, Claude schedules a conjugal visit with his girl that he doesn't even like from New York. And while she's down there, he asks her to talk with his cousin, who's a lawyer, to get an appeal set up for him. And she says, do you want me to set it up for Ray, too? This nigglet, this coon, says, no, not for Ray, just for me. Don't worry about Ray. Worry about me. Get me out of here. Claude is a piece of shit. I mean, I mean, I don't really know that man like that. Uh... He got me hemmed up. Nigga, uh, I don't really know that man either, but I know we both innocent. 
That's true, though. That is facts. That is facts. I know we're both innocent. And, and, and Devin, if I didn't know you that well, we got into a circumstance where both of us went to jail at the same time, and oh, we yeah, both were there, and we know we're both innocent. If I'm getting out, you're getting out. I'm not leaving you behind the hellhole like prison and out of state. You are out of state. You are literally out of bounds. In the it's worst a different country. It's a, whole, it's a whole different country compared right? to... There is compared no justice to New York. in the South. Compared yeah, to New yeah. York. And... and yeah. In the worst way, I'm leaving you out there to dry without even thinking about it. No, no, he doesn't yeah. think about. It. He doesn't even hesitate. He's like, because he made a decision. Like, yeah, he made a, a full decision to be like, fuck him. Uh, don't worry about him. Because if, if somebody, because it could have been short sighted at first, like, oh no, don't. Oh damn, I didn't even think about him. Yes, please, on both of our behalves. Yes, well, yes. Well, right. got me defending Claude. In Claude's mind, he wouldn't have been there. Unless Ray, it's Ray's fault that he got there. I'm glad you said in Claude's mind because Claude is a fucking sociopath. So in Claude's mind, he's like, why would I help the person that got me in this fucking place to begin with? Claude's a fucking sociopath. I'm glad you said in Claude's mind. Uh, This is all Claude's fault. And Ray (laughs) literally can tell him how it's his fault. But in Claude's mind, he's in the right, which is something that a narcissist and and a sociopath is able to do. He's talking to his girl that he just cheated on about help me get out of prison. I mean, does it really count though? It's, it's, it's prison. It's prison law, you know. Uh, I had to get a piece of pussy when when I was away from you. It's 1932, you know. Really, it's away, 1932. That's a good reason. <laughs> look, look, when you go away, do you think you're coming back? I, look, he threw he threw his life away. He's look, like, look. Not only not only did me. he not only did she drive from New York all the way to Mississippi. So he could get some ass. She had to pay extra money so then they can get fake married. So then he could get some ass. Yeah, that was her money oh, too. That, that is happened. Yeah. Did I miss yeah. that? No. You yeah, didn't. he was you like, he was like, yeah. I can't let you in the conjugal room unless you're married. And Claude looked right at her and was like, Oh, you got this? Oh Boom. shit, I missed that man, part. <laughs> man, man, pay for the dick. She, he, he made her pay for the dick. That's a real he, thing. She paid for gas from New York to Mississippi oh, and back, she, she, she and had she to pay. And it wasn't like two dollars for the for the marriage. It was at least ten. Yeah, because she kept dropping changes that nigga for. And then check it out. So when uh, the warden Abernathy, Abernathy, when he was released, they had a party, and guess who came uh, for Claude, the lady of the night. In Mississippi. Yes, she did. She was right there. Yes, she remembered she that D. She remembered that D. So you right, you know, damn, damn, Claude. As soon damn. as as soon as it came time for them to have that celebration, he called her up. He didn't call nobody else. He had her number. Come on now. Niggas yeah. ain't even got numbers in Mississippi. They can't read. <laughs> she knew where to be at though. She didn't know. And where to he be knew at. how to she... describe her. I bet, you some girls I bet you sex workers in Mississippi can read. <laughs> I bet you they can. <laughs> that, that they know. But, they um, probably one of the smartest people there. So then he gets his, then he gets uh, Sinai Latham's um, character to go and try and get him out of jail. Uh, he's treating Ray like shit. He tells Ray, we're not friends. We're never going to be friends. It's your fault. You caused all this. And they then got in a fight. they get, they get in a fight. fight in gang. Mm-hmm. And then Daisy writes him a letter that says, "Sorry, didn't work." 
because Ray's telling him, look, we should escape. Me and you, me and you, Claude, me and you should escape. I got a plan, I got a map. Me and you need to escape. Claude's like, fuck you, Ray, we're not even friends. Until he opens up that letter from Daisy where she's like, yo, your cousin failed in getting you an appeal. Oh, and by the way, I married him. And now all of a sudden he's like, hey, hey, Ray, you still got that, that escape, that escape plan? You still got them escape ideas? But to you know, be fair, to be fair, what was that map? Who drew that map? Yo, Ray drew it. But you know what? Ray lied. Claude didn't know. And Claude's lying the whole time because he didn't even tell Ray about the letter. He didn't tell Ray about shit. Claude had to, or Ray had to infer what Claude was doing. He was like, oh, you read that letter. Now all of a sudden you're being nice to me. What the fuck did that letter yeah, say? Yeah, my daddy told me about when people ask about the weather, talk about the weather. They won't mm -hmm. tell me. Mm -hmm. Martin Lawrence played an excellent swarmy fuck in this movie. He did, movie. though. He really did. He really did. And, and never just unrepentant. Like, every time a plan failed... He blamed Ray like he wasn't right next to him. That's facts. Those are facts. But let's go ahead and skip way ahead in this movie because there's a part later on in the movie where Claude goes back and sees a pie and flashes all the way back to when he was first out of prison. And so he goes and steals this pie and gets caught stealing the pie and has to stand on some bottles. Who's the nigga who stands on the bottles right next to him? It's right. No, no, no. So there is, uh, there's merit in that because Ray could have shot the nigga. And, and Ray was like, I'd rather shoot you, boss. He tells, yeah, no, the, white, he tells the white sheriff, I, 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 in all honesty, I'd shoot you before I shoot him. Ray is a much better person than Claude. Way better person than Claude. Way better person. And so they're, um, they try to escape. It doesn't work. They get locked back up. When they get out, uh, Bray has told everybody about a, a club that he's opening up because a guy in there named Radio is talking about the Cotton Club. And there's people that they meet when they first get in there. They meet Willie Long. They meet Cookie, who's played by Anthony Anderson. Uh, they meet Poker Face. They meet Jangalang or Jangaleg. They meet Biscuit. They meet Goldmouth, who whoops his ass. Uh, and then they meet radio. That's the group that they meet when they're having this scene. Let's just go ahead and play this scene real quick. Wait long. Wait long. Willie, huh? Yeah. Yeah, pretty sensible, man. What you up in here for? It's a long story. You killed the son bitch with a claw hammer when he was 13 years old. So they say. A lot of people say it, though. Wait a second. You, you've been in here since you were 13? All right. How about you, boy? How long you been in here? What you do? Somebody chopped your sister in here with ass. She was my half-sister. So I cut her ass in half. At least I ain't the one who poisoned my own mom and pa. Nothing. Tell that. Tell that. They deserve that, radio. What you talking about, Biscuit? You the one skinned your landlady alive and made a jacket out of her. <laughs> well, at least he didn't kill Santa Claus. Santa Claus? Which one you niggas killed Santa Claus? I wasn't the Santa Claus. He just wearing the suit and ringing the bell. So. He had presents. I ain't getting nothing. Oh, you killed one of them Salvation Man and dude to be out there with them street with the bell? Something like that. So that's what he did. Nobody try to escape from you? I didn't run, but they never get too far. Oh, Cooker there made it clear to Greenville Club a year back. Take a mighty cagey country boy navigate his way through them woods and bayous. You gotta know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Hey, what y'all did? Boom. Oh, the fuck y'all do? Uh, uh, we, we, uh, we went on a, um, the a most killing. violent, yeah, a violent killing spree all around the country. Been 
killing people all this month, all month, man. You if y'all was out and was reading the papers. You ain't heard about it? Claude and Ray. Claude and Ray. Fuck it, you know, sometimes you got to do certain shit. It's just enough that people know cut you that, you know, I go where I need to go you to get it done. If you push my button, there's no telling what I may do. Stab you, Don't choke you, fight. bite you. Yeah. I mean, whatever it takes to make a motherfucker yeah, stop existing, I would yeah. do that. I wish this spoon was shot. I stab a nigga right now. I bit one motherfucker to death. You won't fuck with us. Nah, you don't really want to fuck with us. You know what? Press the wrong button, nigga pop. Hey, girl. You gonna eat your cornbread. Oh, <laughs> Don't say nothing. You talking to me? <laughs> yeah, I think he's talking to you. Um, no, not, not at all. Um, I want you to have it. Uh, will you mind passing this down to? Hey, no, I ain't. Don't, don't pass your cornbread to him. But that's your cornbread. Ray, I'm a grown man. Okay, I'm not gonna eat this cornbread if he wants the cornbread. Damn it! Have the cornbread. Now, if he wants some cornbread, let him go up to the front and get his own portion of cornbread. That's your cornbread. Fuck him. Hey, man, he gonna eat his cornbread. All right? Fuck you, Ray. Look, I don't, I don't need you to, to, to take up for me. I'm all right. I'm a, I'm a grown man. I can handle it. If you right. let him have your cornbread, you're going to be ironing his drawers and clipping his toenails. <laughs> Maybe I ought to eat your cornbread. <laughs> oh, mother, you can't have my cornbread. That's for damn sure. Because if you try to take my cornbread, part two of my killing spree going to begin up in here on your ass right now. If you think about my cornbread, they get the taste out your mouth. That's for damn sure. Now, fuck him. Fuck that. Because I'm from New York City, goddammit. Nobody take no cornbread from me. And that go for you and any other you motherfucking farmers want to try some shit. You fuck around with me, it's going to be consequences and repercussions. <laughs> Man! Hey, before we even just dive into that shit. Eddie Murphy's so good. Yo, Bernie Mac fucking kills that whole fucking scene, yo. Like... like when the nigga said... I don't even know what Jackie Lane was in there for. What, what the fuck was he in there for? He just, he just put his hand up and said he, he killed somebody, clearly. But um, he said, well, the nigga's like, don't say nothing. <laughs> when he was no, like, <laughs> don't say Don't nothing. answer him. Don't answer him. <laughs> Eddie Murphy is delivery is so fantastic for these lines. Everything. Like, he just delivers them so perfectly. I feel like, I feel like, first of all, whenever I hear Eddie Murphy riffing like this, I close my eyes and all I see is Shrek. Like, I just hear Donkey whenever he's riffing like this. I can't not hear Shrek. Um, But one thing that I do want to point out is in this scene, the roles are reversed. Claude is trying to stop Ray from... uh, Getting becoming up. somebody's bitch. Yeah, 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 no. Oh, no. Because Ray's trying to stop Claude from becoming somebody's bitch uh, by saying, don't give up that cornbread. This is what's going to happen next. And Claude is showing that he's a true-ass coward. Yeah. Which is another reason why he's a piece of shit. I mean, you, you, right, you're right. You ain't going right. to punk me. You ain't going to punk him. You ain't going to punk us. Claude's like, uh, I don't know him like that. Uh, you need to go ahead and just... <laughs> Give him your cornbread. Ray, look, I don't need you to take up for me. I'm all right. I'm a grown man. I can handle this. And then, like, two seconds later, you know what? You can have my cornbread. Don't even worry about that. Um, but then he gets his ass whooped. Ray gets his ass whooped up and down the block to the point where uh, Goldmouth knocks him out, picks him up, throws him over his shoulder, starts carrying him back inside, 
Uh, because Willie Long says, that's now take him inside. Uh, Ray says to Claude, he still didn't get my cornbread. Goldmouth elbows him in the face and knocks him out again. Crazy. And walks him into the uh, into the shack. Now, when they get into also, the shack. Hmm? Also, another uh, piece of shit thing that, that Claude does is scrape his toast when he when he first get up in there. Nigga. His, his toast and was right next to him. Uh, this, this fucking, this, uh, uh. Everybody's like, what the fuck is that sound? Nobody, for some reason, nobody in the history of this prison has ever scraped their toast. And uh, we saw that Claude was the uppity ass nigga well, that well, his toast. the same way that, for some reason, Claude has never experienced racism by white people. This is true. He's a, thing. He's a snowflake. Well, we all know black people like that. That's been lucky enough or uh, oblivious enough. Yes. I noticed that. I guess that's a lot of oblivion, though. In the '30s, I feel like every kid had that. Got that? No, I don't think he did not experience racism. He thought that he could talk he his a- way out of it by being a good nigga, by being a model minority. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just that's asking. What he thought. Get one of these yeah. pies. You know, we working hard. We just driving. Ma'am, he never called her 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 name. He was like, but ma'am, Miss Lady. Right. Oh, so he ain't he ain't calling the white woman out of her name. But one thing Claude was able to do over and over again was talk bad about Ray's whole goddamn family. Like he talked about Ray's <laughs> daddy, daddy, mm-hmm. over and over again. So there's a point in this uh, in the next scene where uh, they're all laying in bed. They just got done with a hard day digging ditches or whatever it may have been. Radio, who's played by Guy Tory, haven't seen him in a long time since this, but. Um, he says, uh, Ray, that, 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 that boom, boom room you were talking about, tell us more. And so Ray starts spinning tales of the boom, boom room that he's going to own. Everybody's enraptured by this uh, tale that he's spinning, except for Claude, who's like, can y'all please be quiet so I can go to sleep? Why are y'all niggers being so loud? I need to go to sleep. I could have been in, in New York for my job. <laughs> so Claude tell or Ray tells him all about the boom boom room and gets it all set up in their mind. Goldmouth is gonna run the front door as a bouncer. Uh, Biscuit is gonna be the singer. I thought that was nice. Um, uh, <laughs> Jenga Leg is playing the piano. Uh, Cookie is actually eating. He ain't got to cook. Poker Face is playing cards because you know Poker Face. Um, and Claude is the busboy. Because even Ray recognizes that Claude is a piece of shit. So. Can't, you can't go wrong with that. Uh, but Claude didn't want to be the bus boy. Claude should have been the, the, the money manager. Mm. It should have been. It should have been. Claude would have been the one on the phone like a Karen calling the cops. They're being too loud in there, officer. Remember, I'm the one who told you that they were being loud. Don't come out to me just because they're God being damn. loud. We're not all this. We're all the same color, but we're not all the same people. You understand what I'm saying? Those are not my Negroes. Goddamn! <laughs> I really can't stand Claude. Like seriously, seriously. So at another point, Ray's like, "Yo, we gonna escape." Claude's like, "Fuck you! I ain't going nowhere with you." Uh, you come up with stupid ass ideas. You jump into things too quickly. Uh, something, something, just like your daddy. 
And Ray was like, yo, you take back what you said about my daddy or else we ain't friends no more. And Claude is like, we ain't never been friends. That's right. Ray has been walking under the illusion that this evil ass man has been his friend this whole time, which is why he puts up with him putting him down over and over again. We I got a question. Friends. How the fuck did Ray live after crashing that goddamn plane? I don't know. Like, don't that know. nigga just, he had a charred face. I'm like, this nigga took a whole plane? Get out of here. But after he, uh, after they got caught escaping, I believe once, Claude was like, you know, I'm finally starting to wrap my mind around this shit. We're in here for life. We're going to die in here. We might as well go to the cemetery, pick out a plot, and start digging. And Ray was like, now you listen to me. My daddy died in a place like this just because of that shit you're talking about. He gave up hope and he hung himself, and I'm not going out like that. Ray is literally trying to uplift Claude in one of Claude's darkest moments. From what I've read, realizing how long life is when you're in prison is a humbling, staggering, soul-sobering experience. Ray is trying to talk him out of that hole and back into a mindset of being Claude. And Claude turns around and says, well, maybe you're just a chip off the old block, Ray. How the fuck do you get that from me saying, keep your head up, bitch? How in the fuck does me trying to uplift you turn to you turn around and attacking me? How does that work? Where does that happen at? Anywhere. I know that this was written in the 90s, but where the fuck is that a good friend? I'm trying to uplift you and you turn around and tell me to kiss your ass. How the fuck does that happen? Mm. Ray was like, you take that back and we're no longer friends. And Claude was like, newsflash, Ray. We ain't never been friends. We just been stuck together for 12 years because of his dumb ass. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's Ray, about you got Ray. anything? No, that's it. I'm, that, just, that's it. Uh, I'm just amazed at how much you hate Claude. Dude, I'm amazed that you don't. I didn't say I don't hate Claude. Claude I is find... a monumental piece of shit. Like in every aspect of this movie, let's let's jump forward a little bit to the point where they are old and everybody's died except for these two when they got nothing but each other and they're no longer talking to each other until Claude tried to steal a fucking pie. At the age of like 65, he tried to steal a pie and gets caught because he's old as shit. He might have been older than 65 when he tried to steal the pie. I don't really know, but he tries to steal the pie and the only person who comes to talk to him is Ray. The only person who won't shoot him is Ray. They've had yep. animosity for a good 40 years and Ray still won't shoot this dude because he's still trying to bring out the good in Claude. And Claude is like, fuck you, dude. If I didn't have my toe stuck in this bottle, and then they start laughing because actually they they messed up. Martin Lawrence said that and Eddie Murphy started laughing. Eddie wasn't supposed to laugh. That was actually a slip up. And so Martin just talked through it. And so they just played it into them, you know, getting talking again after a while but then after that they're so old they get put in the house with um with the warden and claude immediately becomes a house nigga like yeah. not only does he become a house nigga but he starts talking shit to ray again again ladies and gentlemen yeah. like he's telling him look man you need to you need to go ahead and help out so-and-so with tilling the grass and with with dealing with the uh dealing with the uh the the gardening over there get your ass out of here and just moves him on down the block like nigga you Claude was the perfect house nigga though like he was he was built for that job he wasn't built to be out there in that in that grass in that in that fields he was built to be in there kissing somebody's ass and being 
the the having the appearance of being smart. But look, hey man, Claude building that relationship with that white man helped him down at the end of the road. No, it didn't because that. because what happened is completely fucking are you serious type shit where the same sheriff who killed Winston shows up somehow fucking 45 to 50 years later and is in the same house as them. And so, wait, before we get there, let's rewind a little bit back to a little nigga whose name is Can't Get Right. Can't Get Right was a dude with mental health <laughs> uh, mental issues. He was, he was mentally delayed. He's he a mentally was mentally delayed. delayed. We don't know yeah. what was his issue, but we know he could play baseball. And so Claude immediately sees this shit, loves baseball, but he sees it can't get right, can play baseball. Look, let's be honest. At first, Claude didn't even like can't get right. Ray no, Claude wasn't paying Ray, attention. Well, yeah. No, Ray and can't get right were sitting side by side while Claude was trying to get everybody else to be able to hit a ball. Ray was like, yo, let can't get right, get a swing. Claude is like, why the fuck would I do that? Ray is like, what, what harm can it do? So he lets can't get right, get out there and get a hit. Can't get right, sends it over the trees. All of a sudden, Claude's on his dick. Claude is an opportunist. But Claude, Claude's just like anybody, uncle. Anybody, uncle, got potential to go NBA nah. or NFL. What you nah. mean? Nah, what you mean? Nah, nah, because here's because you ain't that why. AAU coach. No, here's because the reason why. That. Here's the reason why. Claude immediately sees an opportunity for him to get out of jail. Again, not Ray, just him, sure. just him, sure. and he's getting out of jail off somebody else's strength. He's getting out of jail off can't get rights. Uh, acumen and so he's like yo what about us what about me can i get out oh yeah he can hit yeah that nigga can hit but i taught him everything he knows what about me can i get out i'm his trainer i'm his guy he won't talk to you he'll only talk to me what about me I, I, he gives I, I, that I, nigga I, he gives that white man ray's last bottle of hooch he gives him ray's yes. drink that's true so the white man goes and he pulls his magic. He's like, yeah, I can get y'all pardoned uh, because can't get right. I can pull some strings so that he can play in the Negro Leagues. Um, and he pulls some strings and, and gets can't get right out. And can't get right is uh, about to get out of jail. And Claude's like, what about us? And the white man is like, what about you? Put a good word in. So Claude uh, is Claude is fucking salty all over again. Meanwhile, uh, the, the warden, he has a daughter. And in the time that Claude and Ray have been in prison, the warden's daughter has grown up. She uh, married a military man. Came back, grown up, and became pregnant. This is right after the time they can't get right, gets into the prison. We can all see where this is going. The girl has a baby. The baby is biracial. The daddy, or the grandfather, is walking from person to person on the line trying to figure out who uh, <laughs> got his daughter pregnant. Now, line him up. And then we're going to talk. <laughs> we're we going to talk in a second. So he comes over and he starts holding them. He starts holding the baby next to everybody's face. And after he realized that he can't figure out who, because they all brown skinned, 
He does this shit. Really? You laughing at me, boy? You laughing at me? You know who the daddy of that chocolatey baby is? Huh? Can't get rights nodding while he says, "Do you know who the baby who the baby daddy is?" Because can't get right, can't talk. So he's nodding like, "Yo, I'm proud of it. It's my kid." Like he's he's been waving at your daughter and making signs at her the whole time. I don't know how he didn't notice that shit, but now he's still giggling at her. He wasn't giggling at you, Warden. He was giggling at your daughter because he's hold she's holding his son. But anyways, he's standing in front of can't get right, can't get right is about to somehow stumble into saying, "I did it," and so this happens. You do. Well, who is it? Pick up! It's my baby boss. Ray. Lying, I'm the father of that baby boss. Boss, I'm that baby's daddy. Any fool can see that baby belongs to me. I want a different. That little rascal belonged to me. Proud to say, boss, I'm that baby's daddy. I be the pa, boss. I'm the pa of that there youngin, boss. I'm the baby. <laughs> <laughs> I got a question. Why was the white man sheriff laughing so hard? At this? I feel like that I was unscripted. I feel like when when uh, when uh, Bernie Mac came out and did that, I feel like that was unscripted. I, I feel like it too. But uh, at no time did this warden think his daughter is a whore and the ass. Who the fuck is the daddy, bitch? At no time. He, because you're not going to blame your daughter. And his daughter might have been like, yo, I got assaulted. Boom. They don't even, again, well, no, she, even, no, she probably didn't want to say shit because mm -hmm. she liked him. Because yeah, remember she when she was driving him. off, they looked like they liked each other for real. And I mean, oh. joke's on you. He went to the Negro League and probably came and found his daughter anyway. Facts, though. But you see, my man can't get right, smell that baby hair. was like, oh, this baby mine. Mm -hmm. I seen it. It's subtle, but yeah, he did it. So, like I said, later on in the movie, they're old. Claude is like, yo, uh, I'm, I'm a house nigga. This ain't even a problem for me. I can do this all day long. You need to go over there and get that gardening done. Claude and 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 the um, Claude and Warden Wilkins are talking, and and Wilkins says, um, you've been on this farm for quite a spell, haven't you? And Claude's been like over forty years now. Me and Ray Gibson over there, uh, forty years. That's a long time for any crime, even murder. Claude says it's a hell of a lot longer when you're innocent. And the warden says, half the men in this prison swear they're innocent, Claude. Don't you, that's kind of funny. And Claude says, well, you have to forgive me if I don't laugh. Ray's watching them talking to each other and is like, yo, what, what y'all over there getting all chummy for? Instead of telling Ray who's sleeping in the same room as him what exactly he's doing, Claude just says, fuck you, Ray. How'd that work? How'd that happen? Huh, Brandon? Claude Help a brother out. Number, Claude looking out for number one. Uh, duh. He does that the whole time. Look, Claude, listen, Claude didn't want Ray to get in there to start talking his shit and fuck up what he was trying to do. Claude Facts. was trying to make it in with the white man so that he knew that white man would put in a good word for them. So if he could get on that white man's side, because he said, you know, this white man not that bad as these other white men. If I can get this white man to get on my side, then down the road, maybe he'll put in a good word for us. And if Ray get in here talking his shit, he gonna fuck it all up. Well, it, go. it didn't work. 
and it wasn't working until it, uh, it did work. It did no, work. no, no, it did. You it did work. Do that. It, it, it did work. It wasn't. No, no. What I'm saying is, yeah, the white man liked him a lot, but it wasn't getting nowhere. The only thing that got them somewhere no, was Sheriff no. Pike showing up, and that white yeah. man showed up for them, and then was going to pardon them, but he just happened to die on the toilet. So what I'm saying is like we can't get no we can't get nobody else to say like I was supposed to get pardoned today. You can't like, be in here defending Ray talking about gambling and he had a full house and he thought he was going to win, and then and then blame Claude for the white man dying on the toilet. He ain't know that I'm white not, man was I'm gonna not die on the toilet for dying on the toilet at all. I'm just saying that it's not that difficult for him to let the only other motherfucker that he's known for years know. Yo, this is my plan. Ray is a fucking con artist. He's a confidence man. You could have told him what, what you were doing and he wouldn't have jumped in at all. Claude is the fucking naive one. Ray would have carried that water. Nah. Nah. I you don't think, think Ray would have tried to get in when he's been trying Ray, to get out for so long? If, if Claude told him, look, dude, I'm I talking I don't think with, Ray could be a house nigga like... like no, like, I'm not no. talking about being a house nigga. I'm just saying, yo, if he had turned to, to Ray and been like, hey, I'm working on the scheme trying to get in good with the warden so then we can get out. That's he he was say. about to retire. Yeah, I mean, that they, like he, he was going to get the new warden. That's what who Pike was, the new mm-hmm. warden. So he was on his way out the door anyway. And he he, he probably was going to pardon it. Maybe one he of them. He was. So, yeah. He was talking about it. That's all, that's yeah. all that, but but the, the plan played out. But that's all Claude had to do was fucking fill Ray in. Ray told him about every single plan he had going on whether it was good bad or stupid ray told him about every plan he did meanwhile claude wants to keep everything close to his vest like he's a fucking mastermind nigga you ain't done shit right this whole fucking movie don't nobody like claude really let's be honest nobody in this movie seemed to like claude at all yeah willie long at the end of it is like i like claude and ray from the beginning but no he didn't we see the sights everybody telling claude to shut the fuck up Claude is that bougie motherfucker who's scraping his toes. Didn't nobody like Claude? This is like me and my brother when we were growing up. Everybody was like, yo, what's going on, Reek? Oh, there goes Derek. Because oh. I was just no. trailing along. I was just, it was his friends. I was just trailing along because I was his younger brother and I was there. Claude was literally the uh, embodiment of Ray's little brother when they got into prison. Ray stood up for him. Ray talked for him. Ray came up with the plans. Ray tried to do everything, and Claude benefited from it and had a petulant-ass attitude like a little kid who doesn't understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. I feel attacked. My brother's here, and, like, my brother is everything. <laughs> I don't know. But I'm cooler than my brother, though. So, like, but other than that, but, like, I mean, I did hang around, try to hang out with his friends and stuff. And, oh, man. Right? And they uh, looked at you like, why is Devin here? Like they wouldn't do no, that, but, they, but it's they, hard to be they, as cool they, as they, they, it's they, hard they, to... they didn't express like disappointment that you were there. They just didn't treat you the same way they treated your brother because they were his friends. It's hard to be funny. as cool as yeah. Ray though. Ray was yeah. cool as shit. It's funny. He's funny. He's confident. So yeah. Claude just wants to be that. Claude talks like he is the whole beginning of the movie. And then they literally verbally beat the shit out of him. Like, yo, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. They tell him to shut the fuck up through the whole beginning of the movie. Every time he says something, he's getting talked down. Shut the fuck up. That is up. true. Claude, shut the fuck up. Ray, Ray, tell us more about the boom boom room. 
<laughs> you gonna shut the fuck up when grown folks talking? Like, so they, Damn. they, You're this right. is Ray's one big, or this is Claude's one big job. This is his one big hustle. His one big hustle. You know what? Let's go ahead and do this real quick, ladies and gentlemen, because you're going to laugh. Ray's one big hustle, or Claude's one big hustle in this entire fucking movie. The one thing he's good at is the same thing that got him that job in New York, getting in good with white people. That is all he's good for in this entire fucking movie is getting in good with white men. He doesn't know how to talk to anybody else. That he knows how to talk to a, white people. That is a that is a very very useful. valuable skill in, in the yeah. 1930s and 40s and 50s. It may be, but it's useless in a Mississippi prison. So he's useless for their whole life until they finally get into the house. Yeah. Then he came through. Came he came through. And excited the 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 whole situation excited the war and so much he fucking died on the toilet like Elvis. So Ray comes up with another idea <laughs> that actually leads to their escape. Hold on, I mean Ray did. I thought spark that was it. Claude's idea. That, that's Claude. That's Claude's idea, but Ray did spark it because they were sitting at the when they they were playing with the uh, the younger guys at the table, mm-hmm. and um, Ray was like, "Hold on, now you telling me." That people going out in the, in the morgue every day, and then it gave Claude the idea to execute the plan. Mm-hmm. And he still didn't get him in on the plane until later, much late. Like I guess the day of, he must he must have filled him in because we didn't see him fill him in on the plan. So it took Claude sixty years to become a good person. He still didn't become a good person. He just he ran out of options. Go- Oh, they best friends now. No, because remember, Ray was ready to give up, and Claude was like, no, don't give up. You know, you you Ray Gibson, you don't give up. He was hyping him back up. He he gave him that pep talk. He gave him that pep talk. Yeah, okay, I'll give you that. But I also want to give you this. Claude Banks ain't nothing but a house nigga. All he knows how to do is talk down to black people. Here's proof. I mean... If you are a black person, he does not care about what you think about authority. He does not believe in your authority. He gonna say what he needs to say. To dig no ditch. What the hell you doing, man? Don't do that. I wouldn't do that shit. Oh, man, shut up. What do you know anyway, okay? It's too damn hot. Why ain't that boy pick swinging? Why ain't that pick swinging? Why ain't that pick swinging, nigga? Too hot. I'm tired, boss. He said, it's too hot, Paul. He tired. Too hot. He tired. Uh-huh. You tell that lazy jigaboo the state of Mississippi ain't interested <laughs> in his meteorological assessment. Listen up, jigaboo. State of Mississippi ain't interested in your, your, uh, uh, uh assessments. You tell him the state of Mississippi is only interested in getting this here ditch cleared by sundown. State of Mississippi, huh? Want this here ditch cleared by sundown. You got that, boy. <laughs> got it. Boss. He don't sound like he from around here. He from New York City, boss. That one there, too. From New York City, boss. Well, they'll find we do things different down here. <laughs> yeah, you noticed. <laughs> Don't smart me, boy. You just shut your mouth and do your work. You got that? 
<laughs> Looks like we got a couple of live ones. How long these boys in for? The judge gave them the long ride, boss. Live, huh? Mm -hmm. Well, they step out of line again. We're shorting up that sentence real fast. Get them pictures swinging! You heard me, New York City. You don't want me to come down there. I ain't nice like boss. I'll slap the black off your ass. Get to work! Yo, like, real shit. I'm gonna say this. I hate myself a little bit now because I call people boss. I'm like, what up, boss? And now, uh, watching this movie, like, I gotta... Oh, shit. I fucking... Oh. oh my heart. My heart. Hop and Bob dies. All the other dudes die. The sheriff is the only one left. He's talking to them, and he's like, yo, every time I see y'all niggas, y'all still alive. I really wish you'd die real quick, which I find <laughs> to be hilarious, because he's actually, they have a relationship now where it's like, hey, y'all the oldest niggas in here. I really wish y'all would die. Um, they use the Hope y'all. Yeah. They use the plan that uh, Ray came up with and Claude executed, and they get out, and the first thing that they do is they go to a fucking... Yankees game like that's what Claude wants to do so as soon as they get out they don't go get some ass they don't go get cleaned up they go to a Yankees game the end so who's worse Hoppin Bob or Steven from Django Claude no no <laughs> no Claude is not worse than Steven or Hoppin Bob Claude was not there co-signing that. Steven, Steven is way worse than uh Steven is but I mean the beauty of Steven just oh man. Steven to, is to worse be that than hateful, anybody. Yeah, to be that hateful and so articulately hateful, it just you know, I like art, and that was art. And then Bob said, I'm not as nice as this racist white sheriff to the black people. Well, he's nice that to him. No, no, no. Hopping Bob no, said, I'm not no. as nice as I know. he Hoppin is to y'all. Hopping Bob is just threatening. Steven literally cradled Candy's head in his lap when he died. Yeah. Instead of getting free, he cradled <laughs> his head in his lap. Shout out to Sandra. Yes, he did. That's true. I forgot. That is true. That I man cried real tears. He, he cried real tears when, when, when Master died. Right. Oh, man. So, so. Jigaboo. But hold on. But Steven existed. Steven existed in slave time. Yeah. This this wasn't even slave time and Hoppin' Bob was acting like that. Nigga, do you know what a trustee is? Seriously. Uh, in prison. What the fuck else is he going to do? Like, if <laughs> I don't get in good with this dude, I'm going to be down there digging ditches, too. Yeah, but you blame Claude for doing the same thing. No, I blame Claude for talking down to everybody. I blame I blame Claude for cheating on his girl. I blame Claude for being a general piece of shit. But I don't blame him for, you know, being a bootlicker like 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 Hopping Bob. Boot Hopping Bob was a bootlicker, yes. But at the same time, he was a bootlicker because he knew where his bread was buttered. However, at the same time, at the same time, as soon as Claude made it to the warden's house, he became a bootlicker too. Yeah, that's that's true. For, um, for, is for he, is he a bootlicker? Is he a bootlicker or is he just being a friendly, friendly person? Well, and he really good. He got customer service. 
if he was being a he friendly person, service skills. if he wasn't, if he was being a friendly person, he wouldn't have had to denigrate Ray. I, I mean, he got good customer service. You know, he's supposed to be a bank teller. You know? Look, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an skills. excellent, I'm an amazing chef. I'm an amazing chef. When it comes to consistently good, I do this shit. I don't have to spend time denigrating anybody else's food because I know my food is great. True. Claude didn't have to denigrate Ray. He just did it because he's a consistent piece of shit. That is valid. I can't uh, Yeah. Can't lie. Yeah. So what age the best in this movie, Devin? Um Eddie Murphy's uh genius on, on screen as far as like to, to wear the makeup, uh yeah. had a funny jokes. And uh, just give us like good cinematography, black cinematography, you know, because it's a, it's you know, black and blooded shit. It's our yeah. shit. Brandon, um, racism. It was pretty good. You did. You. Jigaboo, the Jigaboos. Well, we heard Jigaboo in um, last week. in the. Oh shit. Oh we heard shit! Yeah, they kept we calling did. them Jig in Harlem Nights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, no Jig, Jig. I mean, but they went full on Jigaboo in here. Harlem Nights was just Jigs, them Jigs. Because you gotta realize they got cooth up north. They got they got they got cooth when they racism. When that white woman said, "How about I make nigger pie?" That was that was <laughs> good. That was good racism. Also, I just want to uh, bring it back to this. Fuck real around quick. with me. That's what I wanted to say. Yeah. This, I mean, Rashawn is probably going to say this, but I read about this before doing the show. This is supposed to be in the same universe as Harlem Nights. Uh huh. This is supposed to be in the same universe. He's from Harlem. And uh, he talks about a bitch named Della uh, who hits harder than uh, than him. Uh, Ray's Boom Boom Room, Sugar Ray's. Mm hmm. Ray probably knows somebody named Quick. 
they probably twins or cousins or something. But when he said, I know a bitch named Della that hits harder than you, I immediately yeah. harken back to him getting his ass whooped by Della Reese and uh, yeah. Harlem Knights. Um, what I thought aged well in this movie was, um, shit, you already said racism. Um, <laughs> landslide victory. This is a landslide I mean, victory. I mean, because it's, it's obvious, you know, racism is undefeated. Um, niggas not looking out for each other. When when the chips are down, niggas looking out for number one. That is completely undefeated and will never ever not be there. Um, what didn't age well? Miguel Nunez, right? He used to be in everything in the nineties. Everything he really he was did. In TV yeah. shows, movies, everything. He was in Harlem Nights. He was. Mm-hmm. He's in everything, and now. I don't even see him no more. See, and here's the thing. After he did uh, Juana Man, it seemed like it kind of dried up for him. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I, haven't seen I, him. I think he had a drug problem. I think he had a really he had a drug problem or something like that. But yeah, had a whole sitcom and everything. He was on top of the world. Yeah. He had a drug problem? Yep. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yep. He was on something. Like, I, that's how I found out. I was like, what? Because he was really big. I mean, you know, getting UPN shows, doing Juana Man and shit like that. So. Yeah. He was yeah. So, let's go ahead and ask the questions. Uh, who do you think could have played these roles better? Let's go ahead and start off with Ray. And this is somebody who could have played him better than or now, I don't think anybody could play. No. Not every time we do this with Eddie Murphy, you can't do I, it. He's yeah. so unique in how he can, yeah. in how he plays these characters. There's like only one person like him. That is very true. Yeah, like that's not even you can't like. Yeah, I couldn't even think of anybody on that same. I mean, you want to say Kevin Hart? Do you want to? But like, no. Like, I don't want to see a known ass Kevin Hart movie. I um, think Kevin Hart would have been better as. Martin's character. Martin, as yeah, it's Claude. Claude. Yeah. Actually, I beg to differ. I think that Claude's character could have been played best by Drake. You keep saying that every week. <laughs> there's some suckerific character he plays. He talks about Drake every fucking week. Damn, what's up with the Aubrey slander? Oh man! <laughs> oh, every man. week there's some sucker, and he says, "Oh, I think that could have been played by Drake." <laughs> oh God. Damn. Whew. That's that's what did Drake do to you? You know what he did to me. I think Jangle could have been played by Arnez J. Okay, yeah, definitely. Is Arnez J even doing anything in 2020? Are you talking about back then? Back then. Oh, okay. Back then. Um who you who who you think could do so, uh, Cuba could have gotten him in the movie. Cuba Gooden Jr. could have gotten a movie somewhere. One of them niggas. Mm. Uh, I don't think Cuba's funny. Um, I know Cuba ain't funny. I, I know he ain't, but he just could have gotten the movie. I'm like, oh, Cuba's in this movie. Okay. You know, so the thing about well, this film was nobody really... Claude because Claude wasn't funny either. He was just a punk. Nobody really hmm. had any serious... There wasn't anybody but three people really had roles. Yep. Everybody else's role was just support. Could be anybody. That's why they were just all random people. 
So we got Eddie Murphy and Drake starring in the new uh, version of Life. You have Eddie Murphy and Drake. No, yeah. You have y'all got Eddie Murphy and Cuba Gooden Jr. Either way it goes. Devin (laughs) said Cuba Gooden Jr. back then, not now. Yeah, no, not now. Now, uh, for Claude, what's my man's name that was in um, Jesse Smollett? Fuck it. Why? Why is supposed to be a light? Y'all got some light skin. Y'all got some internal issues with light skins. No, first of all, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm some good light skin slanderous people. I I'm like Aubrey's. I'm just telling you straight out what I know about Aubrey. Yeah, I bet that's what it is. It ain't my fault that he's the way he is, and he's able to be perfectly cast in every movie where he plays a horrible person. Uh, that man ain't watching the movies. Know? He shouldn't be. Nigga can't act. Come on, man. He was wheelchair Jimmy. You seen him in Degrassi. He was good. <laughs> uh, you know what would have been a good claw? The Rock. Nigga, you doing that on purpose. That's right. <laughs> Dwayne. <laughs> Dwayne would have been fantastic. A big soft nigga. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's, that's great casting. Okay. You gotta, you gotta get Dwayne in there. Can you imagine Dwayne in a prison movie or a slave movie? No, because he's not black. To see. He's black. He's not in movies he ain't. No, not in movies he ain't. He he was I mean, black in he was black in um skyscraper. Super black. No, he wasn't. He was yes he was because his daughter he was married to a white woman, but his daughter had black afro. So that his means daughter he was black. had an afro. Mm. Yep. She had the curly <laughs> Afro hair, and mm. she was married to a white woman. That means he was black in that movie. You know, the world loves the biracial baby. The, the, the world loves them. Right. That's right. Mm. You're not gonna, you're not gonna keep slandering Dwayne on this podcast, all right? Ain't my fault that he's the way he is. He's about to play Black Adam. Now. So what? He'll probably be white in that one too. Black wife will black be Black Adam. He never, <laughs> black, he ain't never, ever, ever had a black uh, lady of interest. Blizzard that ain't his Adam. fault, though. It is his fault. That's not his fault. It's his fault. Hey, I didn't know his daughter signed to the roster, yo. She got, she got, she got uh, signed up to the roster. WWE I blame roster. him the same way I blame Drake. You gotta you gotta work out these Drake issues. No, I don't. Just because Drake is a, a soft rapper doesn't mean he's gotta be all your suckers in movies. Every movie <laughs> that's a sucker, you pick Drake. Be all that you can be. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my fault. Drake's just the way he is. Like, yo, it just works out that way. If but you didn't um, have to have black people, I would have loved you know the big dude that says, Can I get your cornbread? Yeah, you gold like do that. Dave Batista. Why are you trying to put so many white people in this movie? Oh, it's only one white person. And The Rock. The Rock don't even claim to be white. <laughs> He's not Vin Diesel. Yo, fuck Vin Diesel. Yo. I, I was going to say um, Lavelle Crawford. Oh, that is a good one. That is funny. He lost weight, though. So now, like, yeah. But then he was big. He was big then. He would have to sign a waiver, definitely. Be in the hot sun. Nobody oh. else really had any real roles in this film, except the white people. Hop, oh, Hop and Bob. Who could be Hop and Bob? Kevin Hart. 
Kevin Hart or Samuel L. Jackson? It wouldn't be Samuel. Sam wouldn't play that role. Yeah, he but Kevin Hart that, would. We make Sam wouldn't play that role. When have you ever heard Sam say no to a role? That is true. Sam works. He only takes two weeks off every year. No to any role. Nothing. Snakes on a plane. I'm just saying. He said yes to snakes on a plane. Snakes on a plane's a classic, sir. <laughs> only because Sam saved it. If you're making me watch Snakes on a Plane, then I need to make you watch Soul Plane. So ain't gonna turn to a yeah. tip for tat. I'm already watching Vampire in Brooklyn. <laughs> it's a fucking classic, man. So what was your him. what was your what was your favorite scene, Rashani? My favorite scene in the movie is probably the letter reading scene. Oh yeah, that shit is good. Yeah. yeah. Because I just I just feel like the um tragedy surrounding it was fucking incredible um and it was done in a way that was just like fully comedic like i laughed i laughed loudly when yeah. i first uh saw that scene especially at the point where he was like does anybody else want me to read a letter for you and they're all like no 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 i'm good, good. <laughs> no. not maybelline know how to read i know how to read why I've been carrying this letter for four months now. You mean to tell me none of y'all could read? Last fellow who could read. Me, parole, what, round Christmas? I don't even know who this come from. Give me that. You can't read? I'm 60 years old, motherfucker can't read. <laughs> Look, it's from, it's from your mama's neighbor, Mrs. Tidewell. Mm -hmm. You know who that is? Miss Tidewell, she thought you ought to know that, that your second cousin, Bo, died. Mm -hmm. Bo died and your... And your other cousin Sally on your daddy's side, she died. <laughs> oh, apparently your sister died too. Jenny? I don't want to say Marlene here. Marlene died. Oh no, 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 Marlene. Jen, Jenny, Jenny died too. Jenny and Marlene both did. Then it goes on for a while about how crap didn't come in on account of the frost. She finished up with then a big tornado in which the were both killed. Well, don't worry, she gonna take care of the dog. That is a oh. <laughs> dog had words. Appreciate it. Man. What about you, Brandon? What's your what's your scene? My scene is just you know the scene everybody likes, the consequences and repercussions. Because Eddie Murphy just delivered yeah. that line so perfectly. Consequences and repercussions. They played that on the commercial over and over and over and over <laughs> and over. And that's what got everybody to go see this movie. Because he just delivers that so perfectly. Just pristine. And Bernie Mac kills that fucking scene. Like he did every everything he says on his breath is fucking hilarious. What's uh, yours, Devin? What's yours, Devin? Uh I'm I'm definitely gonna have to go with the uh the cornbread uh shit. That shit was everything. Okay. And who do y'all think was the MVP of this movie? Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy, yeah. It's only Eddie. Y'all are going to laugh. Martin Lawrence did a wonderful job of playing somebody I would ultimately hate more than <laughs> anybody else in this entire world. Martin Lawrence has never played somebody that I've hated nearly as much as I've hated Claude. 
You hated him and Boomerang. No, I didn't. I thought it was a hotep. But remember, I thought that it was great how they came together, and I love the relationship oh, yeah, they had true. with Gerard and everything. That's I true. like him in everything he's in. I liked him in House Party. I liked him everywhere. I didn't like him here. Blue Street? What about Blue job. Street? I loved Blue Streak. I thought it was hilarious. Dave Chappelle's in that fucking movie. That shit is crazy to me. Every time I'm like, yo, that's Dave Chappelle. Okay. The nigga robbed the bank. Yeah, I, I, know, I'm I know. I'm in front of the store. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, you know, sitting here talking about life while you're talking about Dave Chappelle being a blue streak. That's all, you know. Oh. Just two different pages. I'm on page yeah, one. No. You're on page like seventeen. You know. Yeah, that's serious. true. That's true. Nothing serious. These things happen. You know, you're just ahead of the game. As for you, I'm, I'm just waiting for us to get back to where we were. We first started. Let's let's just bring all this back to where we were initially, and then we'll all be good. But seriously, though, there is no fucking way that Eddie Murphy is nearly as powerful as he is in this movie if he's not building off of the constant shade and shit that Martin Lawrence is throwing in his way. So I think Martin Lawrence was a true star of this movie. Eddie's up there, but Martin played a role that I don't think he's ever played before or since, period. I mean, also, the, the MVP is racism, again, uh, very, very much. So yeah. carries this movie. Like we said, it's, it's undefeated. It's the best. But, yeah. I like when it's funny. Sometimes, like, sometimes I, I need to laugh at that shit. And I need a movie to portray it as ridiculous as because racism is ridiculous on its face. And so I sometimes I like when a movie plays it as ridiculous as it absolutely is. The best racism in the history of movies is always gonna be blazing saddles to me. Is when the sheriff comes to town and the and the uh, town white man that rings the bell is trying to tell everybody the sheriff said and it keep, every time he says nigger the, the shit uh things and he didn't, nobody can hear it until you see the sheriff the sheriff's a nigger damn blasted the, the sheriff's a nigger oh you're like oh that was that hilarious white man by the way at the end of Mel the movie yeah. no the white man at the end of this movie he came he had one of those epiphanies where he was like tell me this ain't true and the other white man was like who cares if it's true? We got 40 years of unpaid labor by these niggas in Mississippi, for the state of Mississippi. And he went, yeah. boom. And I was like, they always got to make a white person get it at the end. Always got to yeah. make a white person get it. Devin, go ahead and do your shout outs, man. Um, I don't really got no shout outs, man. Shout out to uh, Lasso Series Podcast. Uh, Brandon's going to do that later. Uh, shout out to Mike. Mike, we miss you. We're going to do shows this week. Uh, Rasani, thanks for having me on, on the show because, you know, I'll be around this shit and uh, Brandon won't be telling me nothing. Um, so anytime you want to have me back, I'll, I'll be more than welcome to watch a, a, a great movie. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, mental health, man. Everybody take care of your uh, mental health. Those are my shout outs. Brandon? Uh, I know we do evergreen content, but I'm not giving a date, but shout out to the boys coming back. Give me some great entertainment mm-hmm. uh, during these tough times in the pandemic. Um, shout out to Eddie Murphy for giving us great content this month. Mm-hmm. Uh, next week, uh, when y'all tune in, we will be re- recovering probably his 
most you know, this Nutty Professor and this probably two most famous movies coming to America. So I'm looking forward to watching that um, and talking about that, uh, which will be a great fucking time. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it with that. Okay. Well, again, I am Derek. That's Brandon. And we're joined by Devin. And we'll see you next week when we are joined by the fellas from Forget That, yo, to, uh, like he said, talk about coming to America. Uh, Hit us up on Twitter at Hindsight Review. That's R-E-V-U-E-S. Or on Facebook at Hindsight Movie Reviews. Um, And let us know what you think. Uh, you can also email us at hindsightmoviereviews at gmail.com. Uh, and yeah, we'll get back at you. But again, thank y'all so much for stopping by. We greatly do appreciate it. Y'all have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Peace. for hindsight is coffee by cambo smith and it's from the free music archive this is single simulcast